the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. As always, I am your host, Terry Cook, and we're here talking to experts, leaders, innovators and game changers, looking at ways you can improve your health, self and wealth. And firstly, it's great that you're listening. Really appreciate you taking time to listen to these shows. Hopefully, you're getting some use from them. If you are getting use from them, you may enjoy the Instructor Podcast Facebook group. Now, over there, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on, but one thing I'll mention quickly is Expert Thursdays. So every Thursday, I get an expert to come and do a post. It may be a written post or a video or whatever, just talking about one specific topic, dropping some real knowledge, and that's every Thursday going forward. So head over to the Instructor Podcast group on Facebook. should be able to find it just by searching for the Instructor Podcast. If not, there'll be a link in the show notes. As for today, I'm joined by Richard Borges of the Intelligent Instructor magazine and uh, First Car magazine, and he's come along to talk to us about the Intelligent Instructor Awards and about the Expo in 2022 coming up and about the Expo Reviewed from 2021. So, that's what's coming up, so we may as well make a start. Hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, where every week we're joined by experts, innovators, leaders, and indeed game changers. And today we're joined by the marvellous Richard Borges, who we've just been discussing beforehand, trying to decide if it's your second or third appearance on the show. Um, which category would you put yourself in there, Richard? Expert, leader, game changer, or innovator? Well, I'd like to class myself as all three, but I, I'm not sure my head's big enough for that. So um, I, I think, um, give me those options again, Terry. Go on. Expert, leader, innovator, and game changer. Um, let's go with innovator. I think, you know, this industry is a fantastic industry that I've now obviously been involved in for over 10 years in marketing and you know, behind the scenes and big driving schools and now obviously as part of Intelligent Instructor and our sister Brad First Car. So um, I, I've always been an advocate of this industry picking up sort of new technologies and moving towards digital things, you know, whilst a lot of our industry revolves around driving instructors. Um, of course, the, the learners are, are the um, the engine of the of the industry itself. So they're, they're going to want the latest things. They're all young people in the main, sort of 17 to 25. We know that's getting slightly older. But uh, realistically, our industry should be, um, you know, innovators. We should be doing things that change um people's lives which which you know learn to drive and passenger test if we can introduce some new technologies and stuff to that then that'd be great one of the the things i like about when i speak to people like yourself and it, the first thing you're coming out of is how much you, lo- you love this industry and i think it, it shows not just in yourself but the the, the people that, that are in it as our leaders or, or whatever it's like there's a genuine passion for the industry and you can sometimes see the flaws in it you also see the good in it, which I think is is awesome. Um, but what you've come to talk today is sort of the intelligent. Oh God, there we go. Intelligence Expo uh, for next year, for for this year. That's uh, the one we had this year, and also the Intelligent Instructor Awards. So I think let's initially uh, look at the Intelligent Instructor for, uh, Expo for next year. So let's dive straight into that. Tell us about what's coming up in twenty twenty two. Yeah, sure. So we've got, um, you know, 
a bit of a history now in delivering these big conference and events um, on the national level. Um, obviously, very nice of you to come along to this year's events area. It's great to see you uh, down in Kempton um, in October. Uh, sorry, in um, Meriden in October. Um, and next year, we've decided that uh, we want to give people a few different options um, without sort of going too much because we realised that you know, to come along to one of these events, you've got to take a day off work. Um, it's a big commitment, uh, especially if you've got to travel, et cetera. So um, what we really wanted to do was continue the the strength and the power that we've developed on that national event. So that'll continue. Um, and we've launched that now on our website. And that's due to happen on the 2nd of October next year. Uh, so that'll be back in Coventry at the Heart of England Conference Centre, uh, same place as it was this year and same place as it was in 2019, which is fantastic news. Um, obviously hoping for it to be even bigger and better this time around. And we're also going to be supplementing it next year with an event in Kempton Park um, in um, the south sort of uh, outskirts of London. Um, and that'll be in May, um, the 8th of May, I believe it is. Um, and we'll be running a, a similar type of show. So it'll have... Um, a wealth of exhibitors. You'll have free speaker sessions that you can go along to, um, listen to some of the experts within the industry, obviously completely free. Um, but we're going to try and sort of maybe come up with a different theme for it so that if you did want to come to both events, it's not just the same old, same old, really. We want people to come away um, having learned something new, met some new people. So there will be Naturally, there'll be a, a, a bit of a different feel to it because you'll get more local suppliers in and around London, the southeast, that sort of thing. So you'll get different people come to different events. And we're not expecting if you're an instructor in Scotland for you to necessarily drive all the way down to Kempton Park. It'd be great. You're more than welcome. That'd be lovely if you can. But, um, you know, we're realistic and we want to try and give people um, as many options as possible to be able to come along and see one of our, our conferences and be part of those days that make it such a fantastic um, event. And, and as you said, you touched on sort of the love for the industry. And, you know, people can, I'm, I'm sure, fall in and out of love with our industry at times. But I think our event in particular, and, and again, you know, it's probably me uh, being a little bit biased here, but what I'd like to think is most people walked away from that event thinking, actually, you know, there's some really great stuff going on um, and have that sort of really warm feeling that there's loads of people that are really passionate about driver training, road safety and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, if we can do that and it, having another event in Kempton Park makes it more accessible to more people, um, then why not? Definitely. Um and we're going to sort of touch back on, on, on the event this year shortly, but what I would say, if anyone wants to catch up on what happened there, there is a podcast detailing that. Um, go back and check my archives. I did one, I uh, spoke to a good, I think sort of a dozen people there, and I'm, sure, uh, I'm, I'm biased here, but a cracking little podcast about that. But but what I will say, the question I wanted to ask you, when you came on the show previously, um, talking about the, the Expo 2021, we spoke a bit about attendances and what you were sort of hoping to achieve, which... Again, we'll come back to it. We've going to two shows next year. Is is that changing your goals slightly of what you want? Or no, not at all. I mean, the 2019 conference and expo, we managed to hit 700 people through the door, which was fantastic. Obviously, it was our first show. We had no idea what to expect, um, but we were really pleased considering we've been to other sort of similar shows before, and we believe that it was one of the busier days um, that we've been to certainly. Um, and then 2021. Again, after the sort of the uh, the issues that we faced in 2020, and therefore couldn't put on an event. 2021, we were still faced with with issues such as you know the ongoing uh, COVID pandemic. It's you know as much as it sort of seems to have quietened down a little bit, it's certainly not gone away. Um, we know that obviously you know, numbers are rising again, um, but 
that was always going to be a concern for people that um you know didn't want to be around a, a, a big bunch of people um and obviously you know um sod's law came around there was some kind of fuel crisis at the time as well so um you know all, all the odds were stacked against us and we still managed to get 750 through the door um this year so you know nearly a eight percent um increase considering all the issues that were facing us we were really really pleased with that actually and then um next year we're sort of looking at it and we're thinking you know, will it cannibalise um, the national event if we put on a safe event? And actually, I, I don't think it will. Um, again, you know, there's a little bit of uh, suck it and see, but I think we'll um, we'll be aiming for you know 800 plus at the national. Um, again, we want to beat this year's numbers, and then the Kempton one. Again, we appreciate it's not going to be quite as big as the national, and in a way, that's probably a good thing. We want it to be a bit more of a um, sort of controlled event, a bit more. Um, like have a bit more of a regional feel to it. And I think we'll probably be aiming for, you know, if we get 450, 500 plus through the door on that one, then we'll be really pleased, I think. And, and just speaking of the national event for, for a moment, um, is there anything that you're looking to do different that perhaps you've learned from last year? Anything, any sort of significant changes? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, there's always ways that we think we can improve. Um, for example, we've always been really um, focused on trying to get like a, a health and well-being area involved. Um, so, you know, can we get in touch with like uh, St. John's Ambulance or someone like that to, to basically um, help ADIs, um, you know, maybe have like a blood pressure check or whatever it might be. Um, so, so there's ways that we think we can improve the event. Obviously, we can make it much bigger. There's ways in that national one where we can in, um, increase the floor space size. But again, that sort of depends on how many exhibitors we've got, how many speakers we've got. Again, like with the speakers themselves, we sort of take a, not necessarily a scattergun, that's probably unfair, but um, we let the speakers decide what they think is most relevant. So maybe we have, you know, specific rooms with specific themes, maybe one for training, one for, um, uh, I, I don't know, business and sales or something like that. So there's ways that we think we can improve the event um, and we can add different elements to it. And again, Technology is something that we really want to be focused on, electric vehicles, et cetera, um, always very, very popular and becoming even more so. So I think there's ways that we can certainly improve on both of the events next year um, to try and make them even more relevant to any driving instructors that want to attend. Um, yeah, you spoke about the different exhibits and, and the different speakers. Is there anything confirmed yet that you can uh, tell us about or is that all that's still in the pipeline and being built up? No, we, we've got a few things confirmed. Um, at the moment, it's mainly um, exhibitors uh, because obviously we sort of go back to everyone that exhibit, uh, exhibited on the event this year and say, you know, do you want to come along next year? And luckily and, and quite thankfully, most of those already have said, yes, that'll be great. So uh, for the national one, um, we've already got 17 exhibitors lined up. So everything from um, TSO developed the um theory test apps for the dvsa um got bill plant red um the adi and jc obviously the dvsa have already confirmed that they'll be in attendance which obviously is a big pool which is fantastic um and likewise for, for the south um to be honest already we've got um i think just over 10 so yeah we've got um how many is that 13 exhibitors already lined up for for Kempton and again slightly different in terms of who's attending but there will be some crossover of course um with, with the national one um speakers is a little bit different that takes a little bit longer because obviously people need to have a look at their calendars people need to think about what they're going to speak about before we can really shout about you know 
Terry Cook's going to appear and he's going to be speaking about X, Y, and Z. We need to really give them the opportunity to think about what's going to be the most effective session. And we certainly don't want to rush anything. And, you know, the first one next year is, is the Campton Park one on the 8th of May. So we've still got a little bit of time, um, but we're hoping to be able to announce um, some more of the speakers uh, probably in the next few weeks, if possible. And just so no one gets too excited, that's not an announcement that I'm going to be there speaking. <laughs> Although you, <laughs> you never, never know. know. You never know. <laughs> we'll have a chat after. Um, yeah, so the, the kind of the only negative feedback I got back from last year, which kind of tallies over to this one, was sort of with the exhibit, the exhibit stalls, the exhibitors, was the the price of them. Um, obviously, there's there's a high ticket price for that, and some people were kind of feeding me back saying that they would have loved to have gone an exhibit but they just couldn't justify the outlay. Now, that's not a criticism of the price, it's, it's, but it's showing who it's aimed at, if, if that makes sense. Is there anything in the pipeline to make something more affordable for maybe someone that's just promoting a book, for example, rather than a, a, a big industry, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, and, you know, we're, we're always open to, to conversations with people and trying to find a solution for people, regardless of what their budget is. Um, we've got to be fair and we've got, you know, that there's a, a cost of running those events. And, and actually, I think most of the uh, stall or stand prices are, are pretty reasonable for the return on investment. And, you know, that, that's shown on people that, that rebook every year, which is great. That being said, as you said as well, we don't want to alienate smaller businesses that don't have the budget for that. One option is, you know the conference and expo in Kempton and the South version um, is smaller, so therefore the stand prices etc will be slightly lower. Um, still, might not be appropriate for someone who you know wants to sell a couple of books or something. But all I would say to anybody in that um, sort of market or in that uh, in that boat really is to get in touch with us. You know we're always open to a conversation. We don't want to exclude anybody from our events. Um, but that being said, we do have a. A responsibility to everybody that pays for stands, etc., to protect their investment in that event as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I said, we're an open book. We're, we're more than happy to speak to people about what the requirements are and how we can help them get the best out of the day. And, and ultimately, if we help the exhibitors get the best out of the day, it means that we're creating more value for the people that turn up on the day as well in terms of delegates. So, yeah, you know, get in touch with us. Um, Terry will post my email on on this um, edition as well. And yeah, you know, we're more than happy to have a conversation. Excellent. And the other thing I was going to throw at you, and this, um, you know, maybe nowhere in the ballpark, but not next year, obviously, but going forward, is there any ideas to make it bigger? You know, because we mentioned before about it being a day off work with people. And I just wonder potentially if you made it almost like a two day event, like an extravaganza, whether that would almost be more enticing for people because they don't, they're not giving up a day. It's like an event, if that makes sense. 19, we basically run the, uh, conference and expo in the day and then on the evening we ran the awards so intelligent structure awards which we'll come on to in just a just a second um, was ran as a physical event which is obviously fantastic because we can book that uh, event space for one whole day um, which is the day and the evening and we can sort of um, take over that place for 24 hours or whatever it is um, we can run those two side by side and obviously you know we, we thought before um, do we then run continue to run the expo the following day uh, so it's a two-day event I, th I think the difficulty with a two-day event is um, some of the you know businesses would have to have their staff there for two days you're talking about extra hotel costs etc um, you're talking about hotel costs potentially for delegates yes they've got the choice of coming on either day um, but at the moment I think we're at a size for the event where it's still um, more realistic to run it for one day this year, for example, we had uh, 2,100 registrations and, as I said, 750 people through the door. 
Now, if 2,100 people turned up, then we'd probably have to run it over two days um, or have to have a bigger venue or something like that. But until we get to a critical mass of either exhibitors or delegates, then at the moment we have to be realistic about how we run that event um, to make it cost-effective for us, make it cost-effective for the venue, make it cost-effective for exhibitors, et cetera, et cetera. It's a bit of a selfish question on my part because I come down and make a weekend of it. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, that's just I, don't, me. I don't blame you. You know, it's a great opportunity to to network with people. You know, it, we ha- we saw people come through the door who we saw in 2019, and many people because of COVID and things said, "Look, I haven't seen anybody for two years." So it's a fantastic, a fantastic opportunity for everybody to go down and just talk to people who they'll probably know in the industry. They might talk to regularly through social media or whatever. So they can just having that face to face, especially with everything that's happened in 2020, I think was really, really important. Um, but we see it as, a, as much of a networking opportunity as it is a chance to build your business and learn something new. Um, so, if, you know, even if it's two days out of your um, out of your working life for the year where you come to the site and you come to national if it's a case of you're going to bundle that in with meeting a load of colleagues or meeting a load of driving instructors that you've got some kind of um, sort of connection with, friendship, whatever, then you know why not do it all at the same place? It sort of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, um, I think we mentioned or I mentioned this to you before, but I'm still slightly undecided whether I'm going to turn up next year simply because it is my 40th yeah. birthday on the first of October, yeah? and it's like, yeah. do I delay the the you know the massive yeah. celebrations by a week or do I come down and um, but we'll see. I'll, I'll we'll tell see. you what. I'll, I'll make a deal with you. If you come along, we'll do a we'll do a big shout out and a big birthday celebration for you on the day. I'm getting embarrassed by public stuff. I'm definitely not coming now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, no, but uh, I think I'm still going to come regardless. I'll, I can always put my birthday back a week. It's fine. Um, but you did mention the Intelligent Instructor Awards, and, and I do want to speak to you about this because this is something that I know very little about. Um, I, I, I think I even mentioned this when you came on the show previously. For quite a few years, I kind of had my head in the sand a little bit as an ADI. It mm-hmm. was, I was embarrassed to ask people, embarrassed to find out stuff, so... As, as a novice and someone that's never taken part in this before, I suppose, talk to me a little bit about the Intelligent Instructor Awards, a bit about the history and a bit about what they're actually there for. Yeah, so the, the Intelligent Instructor Awards um, were sort of born out of um, opportunity, really. We used to run um, an awards um, program on our sister brand, First Car, which is the magazine that gets delivered to people on their theory and practical tests. And within that, we had loads of different categories, you know, best young, uh, best car for young people, um, best insurer for young drivers, all those different things. And in that, we had a category about best driving school and best driving instructor. And we sort of thought, we've got this, you know, brand that's predominantly for driving instructors. So why wouldn't we um, sort of split those out really? And, and, you know, recognize driving instructors in a better way. We, as you said at the start of the um, start of recording, you know we love the industry. We think that it's undervalued. We think there's a lot of people out there doing some really good things, and you know they, they deserve recognition for it. Um, and, and obviously, it's a great piece of content for us that we can chat about and use for people to engage with the intelligent instructor brand as well. So, in 2019, we sat down and sort of put heads together and thought, what can we do with this? And as I said, ended up doing a physical awards evening, sort of a gala dinner. Um, you know, free course meal, band, etc., and did an award show and recognized some of the um, sort of leaders in various different categories across the industry driving instructor, insurer of the year, product of the year, car supplier of the year. Um, and then the, the big one for us really is driving instructor of the year. So we had 12 regional winners, so Southwest, Southeast, Northwest, et cetera, et cetera. And then from those 12 regional winners, 
we chose one overall winner who was our driving instructor of the year. Um, and then from that, you know, the driving instructors got logos and things they could put on their websites. They could get magnets and stickers made up for their cars, et cetera, just to give them something that sort of shares their achievement, really. Um, and, you know, we think that a lot of driving instructors are probably in the same boat as yourself, Terry, for a long time. I've probably been a, a little bit nervous in terms of sort of asking for um, or sort of feeling like they deserve recognition when actually, you know, they've done some really good work. So I think this just helps sort of reaffirm people. And again, if even if the, the very least, it just makes people smile for one day, you know, that we'll take that. Um, so we've continued it um, the last few years and we did it, did it as a digital event last year because of COVID and, and we'll do it the same this year um, as well. And um, really the premise for driving instructors and the important one, as I say, is this driving instructor of the year. But what we do is instead of sort of asking driving instructors to nominate themselves and um, be sort of, um, you know, um, quite focused on what they do, do right, all we basically do is we send that a link um, which is like a survey monkey link and drive instructors. We encourage them to send it to all the, the, their learners, recent passes, whatever. And just say, you know, if, if you think I did a great job or did a good job or whatever, um, I'd really appreciate it. If you could just quickly fill out this, this, this form literally takes five minutes. Um, and then what we'll do is at the end of um, the nomination period, which is the 2nd of December, we'll go in and we'll read all of those uh, nominations, which is normally a couple of thousand. It takes a while. Um, and we'll come up with a short list of 100 driving instructors who are sort of our top 100 for the year. And then from that, the 12 regional winners will be picked and obviously the, the overall driving instructor of the year as well. So we're just taking a slight pause in the show to give a special shout out to Andrew Forrester. Now, Andrew is the latest person to sign up to the Instructor Podcast Premium, and it's great to have you on board, Andrew. Um, straight away, Andrew was contacting me. We had a nice little chat, spoke about some of the things that, that he wanted to work on. And he's already finding some great use from within the Instructor Podcast Premium itself. But he's also taken advantage straight away of Bob Morton's client-centered learning. Because, of course, if you sign up to the Instructor Podcast Premium, you get a £10 discount on Bob Morton's client-centered learning. So Andrew's taken that on board straight away. And uh, as is a lot of other people in the Instructor Podcast Premium. And the latest thing we've released over there is a new series called Coaching Questions, where we do a sort of a deep dive into coaching, looking at what it actually is and how we should be doing it. And the first guest on Coaching Questions was the wonderful Ray Seagrave. So if you want to go and catch up with Ray Seagrave talking about coaching and get some real expert analysis, head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com and over there you can go and find out more about the Instructor Podcast Premium or even just click the link and go straight over and sign up to it. But I'm going to leave that there and now we're going to carry on with the rest of the show. So how's that decided in the end? Is it, is it um, the, the votes that get the instructors through to the to be nominated and then there's a panel that decides who would who would win? Correct. Yeah, we, we here at Intelligent Instructor, we're not massive on volume-based um, sort of judging because you know the, the biggest or the one with the most votes will always win. Um, doesn't necessarily mean the best. So what we tend to do is um, with things like the Driving Instructor of the Year, it, it's literally not based on volume at all. It's literally our um, judging panel. So if you go onto the Intelligent Instructor website, we've got 
all different people involved in that judging panel. Um, so Peter Harvey from the MSA, um, Philippa Young, chair of Road Safety GB, um, uh, Charles Moffat from the ADINJC. There'll, there'll be a, a, a real wide selection of people from various different industries, not just ours, to give it a real feel for um, it being a recognition of um, the quality of service and there's no bias whatsoever. I think there's, I uh, just looking at the list here, is about 12 people on our on our judging panel. So we want it to be as much of a, an even contest as possible. And it, I think that, that actually tells us, like last year, Tracy Gannon won Driving Instructor of the Year. I, I can't remember if she even entered the year before. Um, but yeah, it was great. And, and we managed to get Tracy to come along to the conference this year. She, she didn't necessarily want to. It's not really, same as you, not really her seen the sort of the whole public thing, but we managed to get her to come along and presented her with the award on the day on the live stage as well. So, um, no, it, you know, it, I, th- I think there's so many driving instructors out there that do, deserve the recognition. We would just encourage everybody to jump on the website, get that link, send it out to your learners, just past people, whoever it might be, and get them to nominate you before the 2nd of December. So uh, where can instructors get that link to send their students? So if you go onto the Intelligent Instructor website, uh, and the easiest way to do it is just um, in the menu bar at the top, you've got awards, and then you've got either the About page or How to Enter, um, and then you've got the link on there. You can just send it, copy and paste it and send it on. Cool. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes as well so people can access it direct from there and, and, and send it from there. Um, I did want to touch on one kind of almost a negative aspect of that is that uh, – it's something I see spoken about a lot, again, social media and Europe, the test centers, the people that don't like the idea of there being the best driving truck, the whole, well, what does this mean? And kind of, you know, who votes for him and, and that kind of stuff. I don't like that personally, because I think that it's irrelevant. You know, it's, it's bringing attention to the industry. And like you said, it's putting a smile on someone's face. It's not belittling anyone else. It's putting a smile on a few people's faces, but and I think that's a brilliant way to look at it. But what would you say to those people that that sort of belittle the awards like that? I mean, I would say, you know, if you're sat in a driving a test center with someone who's got a sticker on their car that says, you know, driving instructor of the year for the Southwest or whatever, and you don't believe they are, then why don't you enter yourself? I, I don't think there's a, any better argument for that, really. Um, if you think that, you know, no one deserves the recognition or how is this judged? I mean, the judging panel itself, there's some really strong names on there. And I would trust most people on that judging panel to be able to whiz through all of those different nominations and decide which ones deserve that recognition. And we're not saying, you know, um, one specific person is the best driving instructor in the world in that area forever. It's just out of the nominations that we received, they were the most um, sort of, um, they outshone the others, let's say. Um, and we're not just sort of talking about turning up in time and helping someone pass their test. We're really talking about going above and beyond the call of duty, really. Um, you know, we've had nominations that sort of have highlighted where driving instructors, you know, not, not only like drop people off in different places, but, you know, give them a lift. They've helped them out when they were giving birth and dropped them to the hospital and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it completely going above and beyond the role of a drive instructor in general, um, you know, in, in a in a really positive manner. Um, that's sort of what we're looking for here, not just someone who um, sort of delivers standard lessons and delivers a good pass rate and all those different things. We're looking for um, it's a, you know, a, bit, a bit like other awards that you see, whether it be Pride of Britain or whatever, who's going above and beyond the call of duty to really make sure that their learners are um, you know, enjoying their learning process and then coming out a safer driver 
and really building a sort of a, a bond with their learners. And then just lastly on those awards, are there any, um, I suppose a two-part question, are there any new categories that have gone on this year? And are there any categories that you have kind of a, a personal favourite category? For? Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no new categories. I mean, um, we're absolutely delighted to um, sort of continue our sponsorship with QuickFit and Michelin. So uh, again, that that's a real good um, show of how strong these awards are and, and how powerful they can be. They're sponsored by two of the biggest brands in motoring, really, in the UK. You know, QuickFit um, recognised for sort of their, their tyre changings, etc. And Michelin, obviously, for tyres. Um, you know, those two brands have supported us the last two years now um, in terms of sponsoring the, the awards. And we're delighted that they've they've wanted to continue um, and to continue to be an influence in, in the industry, which is fantastic. Um, and that they, they, they sponsor product of the year, which is quite cool. You know, that's going to be around apps, technology. Me personally, I, I like that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I always like to see the the services to driver training industry award as well. Um, that's sort of chosen by um, our, our judging panel and, and by the team here at Intelligent Instructor, and that recognises someone who's you know got a long history in the industry and, and have done really good stuff. Um, and last year, for example, was Lynn Barry. Um, you know, whilst obviously we work really closely with the ADI and JC, I'm sure no one can deny the, the great work that Lynn's put in over the years, et cetera, um, into that. So that, that's a really nice one. And that always goes down really well. Um, and the other one, I, I, I quite like cars. So driving instructor car of the year as well was, uh, it was just quite an interesting one for me. Um, and we've not had an EV win it yet so that that might be um something that happens this year I don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens cool all right uh moving away from the awards and uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the the expo that went down this year uh mm-hmm. 2021 so before I ask you your thoughts on that I'm going to share a few of mine and let you come back on that because I mentioned before it was my first time sort of coming down my first time at an instructor event um, I think my sort of biggest takeaway from it was just being able to wander around and pick and choose stuff, you know, um, the, the sort of three or four different rooms where different talks and presentations are going on. And it, I, I liked that. I think in my head, I was half expecting it to be sitting down in a, in a big hall, watching a stream of people come in and go, but it's like, you've just got the big choice to go and, and go wherever you want. And and I think the other big thing for me, it's just ridiculous that, you know, it's free for us to go down and do. Now, yes, you have to take your day off work. Yes, you have to, you know, drive down there and pay for fuel or whatever. But the the show itself was, was free. It didn't cost me a penny in terms of a, a ticket or anything. And I, I had a great day. I learned a lot. I met some brilliant people. Um, and like I say, going down there, meeting like the Drive Instructor and Trainers Collective and the, the Guild of Mindful Drivers and the ADI and JC, meeting all these these different firms and being able to talk to, I just, I genuinely, I don't think I'd have a, a bad word to say about it. And and it's free, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, so I suppose, first of all, um, I'd just like your overall thoughts on the event itself last year. Yeah, and no, th- I really appreciate the feedback, Terry. That's great to hear that you, that you enjoyed it. And you know that, that's what we love to hear. That's one of the reasons why we do this. If people didn't like it, if people didn't come down and enjoy it, they wouldn't come back. Um, and we'd end up having an empty room and some really angry exhibitors. Um, uh, what I do want to say is just a massive thank you to those, the sponsors, um, to Marmalade Network, um, to all of our uh, exhibitors, Without them, it really doesn't happen. Um, you mentioned it being free. The reason why we make it free is because the exhibitors are paying um, to obviously 
put a stand there um, and that helps cover the cost of putting on an event like that, whether it be us marketing the event for sort of six to nine months before it's in the emails, doing X, Y, Z, getting all the, all the logos and stuff made up. Um, you know, it, it really is made happen by those exhibitors and you know, we can't thank them enough. And we're delighted that a lot of them have, have come on to book both for Kempton and for the national event next year. So um, that's great news. Um, but, you, you know, overall, I think I touched on it briefly earlier, um, this year we were, I think we had to move the event once. Um, we were moving it four or five times last year and it never happened. So this year was a bit of a relief just to manage to actually get it done, if we're honest. Um, the fuel crisis happened in terms of um, people not being able to get to the pumps, which, you know, again, was a huge worry. Uh, we put as many COVID measures in place as, as we were told we needed to by the event, by local authorities. Um and it didn't seem to be an issue on the day. No one really had any concerns, which was great. Um, and overall, again, people seem to be leaving happy. Uh, all the exhibitors' feedback has been fantastic. Uh, we'd like to have more food options, if we're honest. Um, that was probably one thing that let us down a little bit in terms of the, the variety and how long it took to, to grab a bite to eat. But you know, that's something that's quite easily solvable for the next, the next event. And really and truly, our focus now is just on 2022, getting as many people through the door as possible. And, and we really encourage anyone that's been, you know, if you did enjoy it, please do tell people that haven't been before what it's like, share your experiences, just like Terry did just now, um, because we believe in it. We love to see as many of you as possible. It's a great day. Um, and yeah, we believe this thing could be even bigger and better. And who knows where, where we'll be in two or three years time. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, might be taking over the NEC. You never know, but uh, we've got a little bit of a way to go before that. Do you think that, because you mentioned before about uh, getting sort of over 2000 people that signed up online and then you get 750 on the day, which I know part of that is down to, like we said, the the, the, the fuel crisis. Uh, I shouldn't call it a crisis. The, the fuel thing that became a crisis because people panic bought. Um, yeah. And obviously COVID and, and so on and so forth. But a big part of that as well is people see the shiny thing, sign up, say they're going to do it, and then then don't do it. Do you think it would be worth putting a, a, a ticket price on there? And I know that you want to keep it free, but just to try and get that commitment from people rather than people say they'll do it and then not do it. Yeah, it's something we thought about before, to be honest. Um, I think my issue with it has always been if we make it £5, £10, whatever, if you wake up in the morning and you really don't want to go, you're not going to care about £5 in general. Um, you know, that might be a bit of a, a throwaway statement for some people, but realistically, we want it to be as accessible to people as possible. We appreciate, as you said, people have to take a day off work. People have to drive from X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we have people coming as far from... Um, to the event is far from like Belfast and places like that. So we don't want to put any barriers into booking the event or to coming along at all. Um, we appreciate there's always going to be a drop-off. It's a free event. You might wake up, you might decide that you'd rather stay at home with your family and have a Sunday dinner. You know, completely understand that. You might have had a few beers the night before that you weren't expecting, therefore not want to drive. Again, completely responsible. So we're always aware that this is going to happen. What we're trying to do is obviously make sure that there's enough content, enough great speakers, cool activities, giveaways um, that we can run so that people do wake up in the morning and when they have booked, they go, oh yeah, no, I booked that, I want to go. Um, and, and really and truly, you want people that are there because they want to be there, not just because they've, they don't want to lose out on the 10, 15 quid or whatever it is they've 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 paid to book it. Um, we want people that are there ready to engage, ready to talk to people and ready to learn. Cool. Uh, and then uh, sort of a two-part question again. 
what was your highlight looking back from from the expo and with the feedback that you've got from people what generally seems to be other people's highlight um i think my highlight was quite similar to most other people's and that was the dvsa um one of the worries i think we had and we discussed it on on, the, on this podcast was sort of how they'd be um received on the day and i'm not saying you know everyone walked away thinking god they're great but I think in general, it was very respectful in terms of how instructors. So there's a lot of gripes, there's a lot of feedback that they want to give. Um, but the feedback from the team at the DVSA, Love Day, et cetera, was that it was a fantastic event and, and you know, they're really keen to attend again. So um, again, a, a massive thank you to everyone who, who came along. I'm sure you had maybe questions that maybe didn't get answered or questions that didn't get answered in the right way or with the right answers. But um, I, I would say, you know, 98% of the time, everything was... Um, was absolutely perfect in terms of um, people's behaviour on the day and how people dealt with um, questions, etc. So, yeah, a, a massive thank you for from the whole team um, for that. Um, other, other things for me, just just wandering around the conference on the day, I, I didn't get much time because you know, I was quite busy on on the reception, etc. But um, you, you know, just it, the, the, all the interactive elements, you know, the pass and go driving thing was a big hit. You had a big crowd around there all the time. The simulator uh, had a little go myself. I made the top ten, but fortunately didn't manage to um, score myself any cash. Um, but you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, and I, I think the Scale X tricks uh, sponsored by Bill Plant down in the um, down in the uh, the marquee area, um, and just seeing what people brought in terms of their stands as well. You know, accident had a great big stand. BSM had a big stand, um, and it's interesting just to see how different brands have now started to develop their presence. Because you know, you, you, the first one you're not really sure what to expect. They come along in 2019, and normally, again, we're the same. You go to an expo and you have a couple of roll-up banners, maybe a, a small wraparound stand or something, and you can see that people are now starting to invest for this event, not just this year, but for the next few years. You know, you don't buy this huge great big stand that you're going to use for events when there's only one or two events in the industry if you're never going to go to them so um it was really nice for us just to see um how different brands are starting to really commit to these events um and commit to their infrastructure around it if that makes sense yeah i think the other thing for me i'm just going to mention as well that um how pleasant everyone is it's i think that i mentioned this a lot actually but we're doing more and more stuff online. Everything's online, you know, all your social media, all your interaction, there's so much online and we see so much negativity. I think it's easy to forget that when you actually meet people, people are generally quite nice. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm walking around speaking to, like you say, people like yourself, uh, people from the ADRNGC and, and the DIA and the DITC, all the acronyms and all the other driving schools. And everyone's just really friendly and having a good time. And I, I just, I really appreciate that. It was just a, a stark reminder for me that when you step away from the online world, actually, generally, people are quite nice. Yeah, compared to some of the Facebook groups that we're all part of, is chalk and cheese, really. I'm not, you know, it's, it's not a fault of anyone that runs any of these groups or anything, but um, the difference in people's approaches to things in person versus online, as we know, is incredibly different. And as I said, whenever I come to these events, I always walk away thinking, God, there's some great people in this in this industry, and they're all really, really nice and really friendly. Um, like this this year, I actually brought brought my partner along as well. She helped out, and sort of her, it was her first experience of meeting driving instructors, other than when she learned to drive herself. And she, her overwhelming feedback was, you know, for for someone who's don't know anything, don't know any of the companies, any of these people, any attendees, anyone, 
how welcoming everybody was and how, how friendly and happy everybody was. It was incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I would second that for sure. So just looking forward to 2022, do you still want people to go online and book sort of tickets in advance? And when will that option be available? So that option is available now. Um, so again, if you go to um, the Intelligent Instructor website um, and you hit Conference and Expo, you'll then be taken off to our events website and you can book a ticket for the National and the South event. Uh, again, yes, please. Um, as many registrations as possible, um, and obviously, you know, if if that changes, then, then let us know. But we would encourage as many people as possible to book up. Um, obviously, we want to have as much of an accurate number as possible. And again, if we get to a, a specific number, we want to make sure there's space. We want to make sure that we've got the right infrastructure in place to make sure that, that event runs as smoothly as possible. But um, yeah, we would encourage everybody to to book up in advance. Um, Campton Park is going to be. Um, a real great experience next year. It's going to be something new for us, um, but you know it, it's a, it's a race course. They've got a huge amount of space there, um, and we're really excited for that one actually because again, it's just something new, something exciting. The the national one, it's the biggest, it's the best. We know what we're doing with that now. We just we need to implement some ideas to make it even bigger and better. With Kempton, it's going to be a real um, a real experience, I think, but a really positive one. I suppose a last question there. Um, obviously, we've got Kempton next year. Going forward, if that works, you see more little regional shows branching out. Um, we, we've always thought about one up in the north, um, you know, to recognise people up in Scotland, and you know, we don't people in Inverness and Aberdeen or whatever might still find it difficult to get down to to Coventry. Uh, whether we run all three in one year, I think that might be a bit much, but you never know. Um, it all depends on the response we get from each one, Terry, to be honest. If we get overwhelming response for both events and we see that there's an appetite for another one, um, then, you know, we're more than happy to look at it. You know, uh, it's something that we th- we feel works really well. We also don't want to overwhelm exhibitors. You know, there's a stand and if you've got to have a stand at one and then another one and then another one, you know, it, you start to eat into people's budgets quite a lot, which is understandable. Um, so, you know, it might be that the following year we do a national and a north and we don't do the south one or whatever. The, the national one is is the, um, the sort of constant, really. That's going to happen every year as long as we can fill it up and as long as we feel like it's worth doing. Um, the Scythe one is, like I said, a bit of an experiment for us, but we're really positive that we're going to have enough great content um, activities to do, all the great speakers that we usually have and a slightly different theme so that people have got a reason to attend. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll look at it, we'll review it after those events and we'll say, you know, in 2023, do we do one in the North? Do we do one in the South? And sort of take it from there. But certainly don't see... Conference Expo, Bristol, Conference Expo, Newcastle, or anything like that. I think, you know, we're, we're a very small team here at Intelligent Structor, and to run these events takes quite a lot of organisation. So, um, you know, we, we just wouldn't have the, the the time and the availability to do something like that. And, and also, you know, we, we want these events to be busy um, and, um, you know, effective for everybody. So probably not going to go down that route. Cool. And any anything else you'd like to touch on or any sort of message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, not really. Just just a massive thank you to everybody that attended this year. Um, we know all of the difficulties that you must have faced just to get there on the day. Um, a massive thank you to everyone that did come in terms of, uh, as Terry said, um, just creating that atmosphere um, and, and the, the fantastic feedback that we got. And we'd love to see you at as many events as possible next year um, and obviously get yourself uh, entered into those Intelligent Instructor Awards. That would be it, really. 
Smashing. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on again. Any anywhere, Anything you want to promote? I know you've mentioned the intelligence instructor a few times. Anything else you want to promote before you uh, leave us? No, that's it from us. Uh, I, I think the events and the awards are, are enough to keep us ticket over for now. Cool. As I mentioned, they'll be in the show notes anyway. But uh, again, yeah, thank you uh, for giving up some of your precious time on this glorious Friday. And, uh, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again at some point. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.